Oh, and before I do that, where did I put my water? Over here, I have got to get a big drink because um, and I'm, I might have to take this jacket off. In that drum cage, ladies and gentlemen, there is no air conditioner vent. And if there was a heater vent, I would just melt in there. So I think I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to take this jacket off because um, I, I like that because it means I was praising the Lord in there. And I love worshiping God. Does anybody here love to praise the Lord? All right, I'll have to ask that again later. Does anybody here really love the Lord? Do you love Jesus? Are you ready to praise Him? Are you ready? To, you ready to hear the Word today? Are you ready to get excited and praise and jump and shout and run over this place? Well, I am. Are you ready to see what my dad would do when he was preaching? Kick that leg. Well, he don't do that anymore. He would try if he could. Um, I am going to go to Genesis chapter 15 today. And Ben, I didn't get, get you, tell you to get a, a graphic today. We don't need to worry about that. But I'm going to uh, bring some word that's going to bless you. Um, I dreamed about this before I even opened the scripture and begin to um, study it out. Just like if I had a flash of dream. Um and you'll, you'll understand it when I get to verse number 11. But I want to start at about verse number 9. And then I think the locomotive anointed engine is going to kick in in just a few moments. And this is what it says. So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and the pieces of each piece opposite side each other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And this is where I'm going with the with this here text is verse number 11. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. I want you to hear that. I'm going to read that again. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. When I hear just that text right there, it makes me think, of an old-time anointed Holy Ghost tongue-talking, tied pen, blood war sanctified child preacher about to preach. I am feeling the preacher in my voice this morning. I am feeling the anointing in my mind and in my heart. And I have only a page and a half of notes. That means, well, page and three quarters, that usually means about an hour and a half. Um, I always try to do no more than two pages, and I know that I've seen some do right here. And I'm going to tell you what, if you were not here Wednesday night, you missed a blessing. And I know that some of you couldn't be here, but um, listen, that was the best Wednesday night crowd we've had this year. If we can do that, we can do it every Wednesday, as Pastor Jack Blanson brought a challenging word 
And uh, the word was uh, taking a risk. And, and uh, we are taking a risk. We are taking a risk by putting finances into what his church is all about. But let's get back to this right here one more time. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. In this book right here, Abram had gone and rescued his uh, nephew Lot in the previous chapter. And when he come here, the Lord appeared to him. And the Lord was having a visitation with him. And, and he was telling the Lord, I have nothing to give you for I, I have no seed. I don't have anything. But then this vision that God was given to him. And this is in chapter 15. So you could back up and read the first eight verses. God is speaking to him and telling him, uh, yes, I'm going to give you an inheritance. The seed that you don't have of your own entrails is about to be born. And that seed would be Isaac. We know that would come about. But this time, Abraham, uh, well, his name was Abram at this time. And he took a step of faith and he was, he counted the cost strong unto righteousness. And he really trusted God that this was going to happen to him. And then God came in his vision and spoke to him. If you step outside and look up into the sky, if you can, he says this words, if you can count. He knew that Abram couldn't count, only God could count. But he says, if you can count the number of stars in the skies, so shall be your seed. That was meaning, and it wasn't like sitting around the Kansas City lights. We're out out there in, in the Middle East where there is darkness, and when you look up in the skies, you can see the sky. It is awesome to get away from the city. It's often, even our small town, I mean, get way out. I mean, I, I love going out in, in the wilderness. Uh, I was uh, up in Wyoming camping with the National Guard years ago, and, and we didn't have any lights. When we was out there, you could see the stars. You, you could actually see the Milky Way. That means that, that Abram couldn't even count those. And what happened? His seed is still today. Uh, there is a nation of Israel that is still strong today. God made a promise. And when God speaks a promise, you can hang on to it because it is going to come to pass. We cannot doubt God. And if you doubt God, you're going to have to change your mind because when he speaks something, it happens. And it happened. Uh, Isaac was born only one son at that time that would carry on the seed. And so it did, because when Isaac had a son, he had uh, Jacob and Esau, but Jacob and Esau, Jacob himself had 12 sons, and they had multiple children, and from there, we start losing track. And today, the Jewish people are the numbers of the stars in the sky. And I'm not Jewish blood. I come from France, Rome, and Spain in that way, but my bloodline, according to the blood of Jesus Christ, puts me in the bloodline of that seed because I am now a child of God. God. That's not even the message I'm preaching. I'm just building up through. I told you the locomotive of the Holy Spirit's going to take off in a little while. So uh, with that inheritance came about the promise. He spoke to him and he told him to prepare a covenant. And to prepare the covenant, he told him to divide. You hear that? Whenever we um, look in the scripture, they would build an altar, wouldn't they? And they would lay their sacrifice upon the altar. They would cut the throat of the sacrifice and lay it upon the fire of the sacrifice. And, 
and it would be a sacrifice of sins or a sacrifice of offering to God. But you notice here there is no fire built. He tells them to take the three-year-old heifer, the three-year-old she-goat, the three-year-old ram, and cut them in the middle and lay their sides open with a pathway between. What this was, was the ratifying of the covenant that God was about to make with Abram. The covenant hadn't been made yet. God spoke the promise, but now he was making a covenant. And the covenant was that of the blood path. The blood path was when these two parts were opened up. They were laying on the ground in a small trench, and the blood would flow into the trench. And the two family leaders, two uh, uh, men that would come, and they would walk in that blood, carrying their torches at night, because it would be done at night time. And so this was called the blood path. The one with the highest authority would be the one that would walk through the blood path first. So now Abram is preparing this blood path and this covenant that that he was given to Abram. We can look towards what we have today. And that is a blood path of who Jesus Christ was. It happened in the garden of Gethsemane all the way when he was trial beat, hung upon the cross, when they walked the the Villa Della Rosa, the place of suffering. And he said, it is finished. That is the blood path that Jesus made for us. It is a covenant that you and I don't have to live in sin. You and I can be born again, that you and I can have eternity and have righteousness. You see, this was still pointing towards the cross of the blood path. I don't know if you've ever heard this word before, but listen up because it's going to get gooder and gooder. Come on, tell your neighbor it's going to get gooder and gooder. Yes, I can use words like that. And I didn't even get a Ph.D. like those right here in this town have that. Um, well, we have some folks here that have a Ph.D. Benjamin has a Ph.D. That is the Pleasant Hill Diploma. Well, so Moses did this. And when he did it, the vultures arrived. When an animal dies, the vultures have great eyesight. They can be miles away and they see something fall and die. And you know, and when they start that circling, no matter where you were at driving your vehicle, you can say something's dead out there. I even had them circle over at my house over uh, Country Club because something was dead on Country Club. And they would come down and eat, and then the cars would come by and they would fly off. I let them eat as much as they want because I wasn't going to pick it up. The vultures see it, and they arrive. Listen to this. You will never attempt to worship God without finding some difficulties in the way. I know you might not want to hear this, but the devil shows up at worship service. In Job chapter 1 verse 6 says, Now there was a, was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord... And Satan also was among them. 
I know that there have been some churches I've been to that says, get on out of here, devil. Well, he's still there because he comes to worship. He comes to church. The thing is, while he's in church, let's make him really uncomfortable. Um, So these intruders came and the intruders begin to disturb our worship and our service to God. There is a battlefield that takes place within each one of us, and that is the battlefield of the mind. And what happens, these fouls are coming, and these fouls are already here. Because as the sons of God came to present themselves to God, Satan came along also. He was following. He was not first to arrive, but he came along also. There are wicked thoughts. There are no sacred places that you can go that you cannot have your mind violated with thoughts that are not godly or they violate your mind. They're vile wickedness. They dwell in the heart of the believer. They don't, let me rephrase this. They, they don't dwell in the heart of the believer. Can I, can I, you understand what I'm talking? They don't dwell. When we have our sins forgiven, it, it's gone, but, it, but the devil still has access to put thoughts into your mind. Yet um, these things can creep into our mind and they can even intrude into the house of worship. Listen to what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about Sunday morning worship. We need Sunday morning worship. If you don't have Sunday morning worship, your day, your week just got worse like that. But if you start off with a Sunday morning worship, your week is going to be a whole lot better. If you this week have a bad week at the time Saturday comes, you can say, whew, this was a bad week. I just can't imagine how bad it would have been if I hadn't been in Sunday morning worship. Because if you're not in the house of God, like he has told us to do, not forsaking our assembling of ourselves together, as some have done, you're going to experience some troubles during your week. And here it was time for, for Abram to come and worship. And these vile things begin to show up, intruding his place of worship. Because Satan will sow seeds of lust. And Satan will sow seeds of covetousness. And Satan will throw, sow seeds of murderous thoughts in the minds of believers while they're in the house of God. You say, well, I never thought about killing anybody. Well, let me tell you this. The Word of God talks this. Jesus said, if you look upon a woman to lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart, right? So if you look upon somebody and hope harm to them, even though you haven't committed harm to them, guess what? You've done just like that lustful thoughts. You've, you've murdered in your heart. But hang on, hang on, I'm going to reveal this to you, but I'm going to tell you how to cast it away, how to, how to chase them away. That was the title of this morning's message, is Chase Them Away. Come on, somebody say, chase them away. Chase them away. That's what we're going to do. We're going to chase them away. You see, when the wicked temptations distract you from praising God, there are terrors that grow up in the garden and grow up amongst the fruit also. And so you see those terrors show up. The sons of Baal begin to show up. And you think about the sons of Baal in 1 Kings twenty-one fifteen. They were a witness against Naboth. 
And the sons of Baal means this. It means worthlessness. So when you come into the house of God and you think, I messed up this last week. I am worthless. I am not even worthy. Pastor, I can't come to church on Sunday because you don't know what I did this last week. I don't care what you did. Satan's the one that's putting that junk in your mind from the sons of Baal, Baal and begin to witness things to you and begin to tell you you ain't worth nothing. That's kind of like that song we sang today. It says when Satan comes and begins to plant that stuff in your mind, we have one choice. We got to chase it away. Somebody say chase it away. We got to guard against those thoughts of lust and guard against those covetousness. And yes, it can happen to us because it comes to our mind because we see junk all day long. We work with it. We hear it. We watch it. We see it. And we come to God's house and we begin to bombard with it again. But we got to chase it away. Say it again. Chase it away. As the foul keeps coming. Those are wicked thoughts that begin to enter into our mind, but there's also worldly thoughts. Worldly thoughts begin to come into our mind, such as that business deal. Is it going to go through or not? How about my bank book? I seem to have a lot less money. I'm running out. I don't have much. To, um, I guess I'm preaching to myself now. See, him. all right. Um, my bank book's low. I, I'm struggling to make it every week. How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to make the mortgage? How am I going to uh, put food on the table? And these things begin to bombard you when you come into God's house. There is relationships. I'm having troubles. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm coming to God's house. And that woman or that man that I'm with, uh, I love them so well. I thought I loved them, but I didn't love them this morning. Uh, I tell you what, now I'm coming to God's house and everybody's lifting their hands up and they're Praise him, and I just got in a fight on the way to church, and and we didn't even talk. And now we come to the house of God. We open up the door, and we walk in the church. And now we got to pretend like we like each other, so nobody will talk about us. Now, and now she's sitting beside me, and she's going to think I'm a hypocrite because I'm worshiping. Chase it away and praise him anyway. Oh, I got bad debt, and I'm struggling. The bill collectors are calling, and you've got that going through your mind. The world. Chase it away and worship him. Oh, the job market, I'm unemployed, and I don't know, I might lose my job. I got a warning from the boss. and, and it looked, I'm telling you, when you come to God's house, chase it away. Get rid of them vultures that are trying to keep you from praising the Lord. Somebody say, chase it away. You see, Jesus said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And I know we talk about that as being those that have brought the money in. They were, they were stealing from people. They were selling sacrifices. They were using the house of God as a place of money exchange. But you can also talk about it like this. Those vultures are trying to make it a den of thieves and steal your glory and steal your anointing and steal what you want from God and what he desires to give to you and you get bombarded with all these worldly thoughts i'm telling you today chase it away chase it away see abram showed up there and he began to chase them away i almost i forgot my staff i was going to bring a staff here just for special effects but i don't know if he had a staff or not at that time all i know is those 
three carcasses were split in the middle. There was blood on the ground waiting for the ratification of the covenant to take place. And these vultures began. I can imagine that Abraham, he running over there and said, you get out of here. He get out of here. You know what? He might have used a little bit of redneck language. Get on out of here. You understand what that is, don't you? Yeah, you know what it is. I mean, uh, have you heard the word jeet? That's J-E-A-T, jeet. Means did you eat? Okay. So you never know. So Abram probably said, get on out of here. That's what you that's what you say when you've got some stray dogs in your yard. You open up the door. Come on, practice with me. Get on out of here. Yeah. Sound a little bit more like Jeff Foxworthy right now, huh? Get on out of here. Well, those worldly thoughts can steal your glory, but there's also those anxious thoughts. An anxious thought is uh, full of mental distress or uneasiness because fear of danger and misfortune has greatly worried you. Uh huh. Anxious thoughts. Thoughts about what is tomorrow going to be like? I am experiencing depression. I am experiencing worry. I worry about my children. I'm so worried about them. I got them an extra bike helmet to wear. Just the one on the handlebar. They can always got an extra. I'm so worried about my kids. I worry about where they go. I I don't even want them going outside the house because I'm afraid they're going to get hurt. I'm worried about um, about my family. I'm worried. I'm even. I can even worry about my church I go to. God, with this big plan and this risk we're taking, what if it doesn't work out? What if we just fall flat on our face? I'll tell you what. I'm not worried about that one though. By the way, I'm just telling you. I'm just using this example. But I'm telling you what. You can worry and you can worry. You can be anxious and you can be dis- depressed. And there's a lot of people who end their life because of anxious thoughts because they can't deal with it anymore. And if you looked at the problems, the problems aren't anything to worry about. All I can say, those problems creep into the minds of people when they come to the house of God. But I've got something to tell you. Chase it away. Chase it away. Ooh, I heard that in the back row. Chase it away. First Peter. Chapter 5, 6 through 7 says this, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, uh, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So there is no reason to worry and have an anxious mind. When you come to the house of God to worship, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. Leave it in his hands. His hands has got the whole world in his hand. You know that song. He's got the whole world in his hands. You heard that when he's a little, little kid would go in the children's church. If he can hold the universe in his hands, don't you know he can hold you in his hands? Don't you know the casting of the cares that you have? Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it him. Because he can take it and he can hold it and you can worship. So chase it away. Chase that vulture away. 
I might as well go ahead and read verse number eight. It's just good bonus points for you anyway. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks a like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And verse number nine says, Resist him steadfastly for the faith, knowing that the same suffereth our experience by your brotherhood in the world. I'm telling you what, there is victory in the name of Jesus. Give him your troubles. Cast all your cares. Well, I just got to hold on to one care because I won't have anything to talk about if I don't let them all go. Oh, man, alive. I, I sure wish at that moment we had our big old fashioned pulpit up here. I'd have some place to hide. Come on now. You, uh, uh, oh, Pastor, you're going to meddle now. I'm going, I'm going to meddle then, okay? We know people like that. They don't want to get rid of their anxiety because they want something to talk about. And who are they going to talk about it with? They're going to talk about it with you. And you're going to be courteous and you're going to listen. But one of these days you're going to get sick and tired of it and you're going to lose a friend or you're going to gain a brother because you're going to tell them, shut up. Cast your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you. You are not worshiping. You're not letting God bless you. You're, you're not walking in his anointing because you've allowed the vulture of anxious thoughts, these worrying thoughts to come in your life, and you're not experiencing the presence of God. You're not leaving here the same you came in because what happens? You're not chasing it away. When the vultures come down to try and steal that covenant, chase it away. Chase it away. Somebody say, chase it away. Well, well, this is not going to be meddling because it's right here written in my notes. It's called unknowing, unknowing thoughts. Has anybody just really annoyed you? If you're married, wives, you have been annoyed by your husband many times. Uh, and the thing is, you wives can't hide it. We men, we can be annoyed by our wives, uh, but sometimes we can't hide it. But a good portion of the time, we can hide it. We can make you think that we're not annoyed with you at all. Can I get a witness from the men here? Amen. But have you had some people who just, just irritate you? It could be because they they don't want to get rid of all them anxious thoughts and they're irritating you. They, they just just bug you. They just you, when you come to God's house, you see them. And you think I've just got to get on the other side of the church. I I hope that somebody catches them before I get out the door, so I don't have to shake their hand because they just annoy me. Well, what that is is a foul. That is a vulture that's coming down and it's attacking your mind. And it's keeping you from praising. Because when you're annoyed with somebody and you look over there and all of a sudden you see them being blessed. And then you lose your victory because why is God blessing them and not blessing me? I'll tell you why. Because you've allowed the vultures to come down and begin to pick at that carcass. But be like Abram and chase it away, chase it away, chase it away. You don't want out of here. Chase it away. Flog them. 
get rid of them. Chase them away. Oh, I got to share with you something that's going to bless your heart. Tell your neighbor, I'm about to be blessed. Back in that scripture where I read in Genesis 15, 11, it says, And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. I know I've used the word chase this morning. It's pretty close to the same. But the word drove. I have to look things up. I love looking at it and see what it was original in the original text. Drove is neshava. Neshava. Neshava means this. To blow. To blow means to use your breath. Oh, if I stop right there, would you guys be disappointed? Do you want me to go in and tell you what this really means? To blow means to use your breath. Find rest from these vultures. Find rest from the wicked, worldly, anxious, annoying thoughts when you are worshiping God. That is the best way to chase it away. When you come into the house of God and everyone's here on a Sunday morning and you don't feel like worshiping because you've messed up in the week or you've been annoyed. And all of a sudden you might have just before you got here, you saw a pretty girl jogging down the streets and she needs to put on some some looser fitting clothes. And you want, oh, God, what did I just do? I should not have turned to that. And the devil's saying, see, I got you. You're lusting right now. Oh, but when I walk in the house of God, that's bugging me. It's bothering me. I don't know if that bank deal is going to go through. I don't know if my mortgage is going to get paid. I don't know if my kid's going to get all right. The word of God says, chase it away. Just like Abram, that means to praise him. And when the worship starts, just don't sit there like this. They're singing another new song. Or they're singing an old song again. I mean, or that music's too loud. It's too quiet. I'm telling you what we got to do is just begin to praise him and worship him and glorify him. Well, when you begin to do that, you begin to blow your wind like Abram did. You begin to chase it away because the covenant is coming for Abram. He has to have that, those, that covenant of those animals. That blood's got to be fresh because he is going to be meeting with God and God is going to show up. He's got to chase it away. I'm telling you what, we come to praise him. It's time to chase it away. Chase it away. Chase it away. Chase it away. Say it with me. Ooh, chase it away. Chase it away. Oh, is it okay if I sing for just a moment? We come to praise him. Now I need some music. We come to praise him. We come to praise him and lift his holy name. I'm going to skip that again. We'll make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You ought to praise the Lord. While you have a chance, oh, we come to praise him. You know it now. 
We come to praise Him, lift Him up. We come to praise Him and lift His holy name. Oh, I'll do it again. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You ought to praise the Lord right now while you have a chance. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord right now. Praise the Lord right now. When you are praising the Lord, you are doing like Abraham. You are blowing a praise to God. You are chasing it away. You are chasing it away. You are chasing it away. Don't let anything hinder your praise. Don't let anything hinder your worship. And I, I, I want to overemphasize this. Be here on Sunday morning. Don't worry about a headache. Don't worry about a toothache, a toeache. I tell you what, get here on Sunday morning and chase it away. Don't worry about the argument you've had. Don't worry about how the stress of life has got to you. Come here and chase it away. Chase it away. Chase it away. And you will experience that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is going to be much better because you have chased them vultures away. Somebody say chase it away. Psalm 63 verse 5 says, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. So I had to look those words up, moral and fatness. Moral, I'm thinking about the bone moral, but the moral here is meaning fat. And fatness is meaning fertility or blessings. I'm telling you what, that I'm going to be blessed and satisfied with the fatness of what God has to bless me with. And the fatness means the fertility means my blessings are going to keep multiplying. If I don't let the vulture steal my praise, I'm going to lift him up and praise him all day long. Somebody say, chase it away. Oh, I'm coming to a close on this, I think. If you get back into Genesis chapter 15, you'll find that God began to tell them that there's some tough times coming for the Israelites. They're going to be in bondage for 400 years. He don't even have a seed yet. And God is telling them they're going to be held captive for 400 years. But the part I want you to look at is verse number 17. It says, when, and it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between the pieces. Remember, the one with the most authority passed in the blood path first. Who was that passing in the blood path first? Oh, that's our God. Because it appeared as uh, smoking. Uh, um, uh, what's it say again? I'm going to make sure I got a right. smoking oven and a burning torch. It was dark. 
And Abram saw a burning torch go between the pieces. And he would not have seen those evidence of God's presence between the pieces if he hadn't chased it away. I'm telling you what, you're not going to experience the blessings of God and the morrow and the fatness. You're not going to see his glory pass between the pieces. You're not going to experience that. If you allow that stuff to bombard your mind, you have got to chase the vultures away. You have got to get rid of them. You have got to cast them out. It is your decision. You can say, Lord, take you cast your cares upon him. That's what I'm talking about. But it's your responsibility to chase it away. It's your responsibility to open up your lips. It's your responsibility, just like the psalm says, and my mouth shall praise him with joyful lips. Well, how can I praise him with joyful lips when the IRS is after me? How can I praise the, the Lord with, with joyful lips when, 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 when I, I'm threatened with the divorce? How can I praise the Lord with joyful lips when, when my children are, are doing things that are ungodly? How can I try? I tell you what, you do it anyway. Get your mind clear because you will leave here better than you came in his place chase it away chase it away chase it away praise him with all of your being and give it all you got uh, man carla do you feel like doing the keys this morning all right i, I want to honor you on this day and and not give you too much because i know it's a it's been a difficult week for you but god is blessing you and he's going to anoint you because you've got a you got something to chase away today Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's stand up right now. And where you are in your seat, begin to chase the vultures away. Before you even begin to sing a praise song, begin to chase it away. And worship him in your own words right now. Worship him in your own words by chasing it away. Get rid of it. It does not belong here. Chase it away. In the name of Jesus, we're going to chase it away. Hallelujah. Come on, let your voices let your voices ring out. Let your voices shout out to him. Chase it away, chase it away. Oh, I tell you what, I believe we got time to praise him this morning. Are you serious about chasing it away? This spot up here is empty and it's ready for worshipers to make their way up here to the front. I want to see as many as possible can make this journey up here this morning and begin to say, I'm chasing those vultures away. I'm chasing those thoughts away, those ungodly thoughts, those thoughts of anxious and worriedness and worldliness. I'm chasing them away. Come on right now. Come up right now and begin to praise Him with everything you got. Lift, put your joyful lips out right now and begin to lift your praises up to him. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. We're going to praise you today, Lord. We're going to praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.